You have goals. Reach them fast with IU Online's accelerated degree programs. Our six and eight week courses are taught 100% online and can fit any schedule. Advance your career with a bachelor's in informatics. It only takes 10 minutes to apply. Earn an Indiana University degree that's valued around the world. Get started today at IU Online. Welcome to semester two. That was a perfect air horn. horn. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I'm Titi. And I'm Zakia. And from Spotify Studios, this is Dope Labs. Summer's coming to a close. I can't believe it. I feel like this whole year has been like super fast. Yes, Yes. it was January, then I took a nap, and now it's September. I just remember we were together, and I was like, it's so hot. I feel like everything is sticking to everything else. We always complain when it's so hot in summer, but then the other day I was like, fall is back. And we started looking for our parkas. Yes. And already started complaining because there's a, a little, yeah, one day where it was a little bit chilly and then everybody was like, oh, uh-uh. And by chilly, we mean below 80 degrees <laughs> with no humidity. And everybody like was pissed. Yes. <laughs> we're always complaining. It's like, it's too hot. We complain when it's too hot. Then we complain when it's too cold. I'm going to miss summer. I'm going to miss summer, but you know, I really cannot stand mosquitoes so that's something i'm not gonna miss i love you summer but not your friend the mosquito right because with summer comes mosquitoes and i get bit a lot you do you really struggle with that it doesn't matter how long i'm outside i will have at least eight to ten mosquitoes that means if i'm outside for two seconds i'm gonna have eight to ten mosquito bites if i'm outside for an hour i'm gonna have at least eight to ten mosquito bites Mm, i wish there was a cap on that like and then, it will, you know, once you stay outside five minutes, you got your maximum mosquito bites. And no. then you can just stay. Mosquitoes bite me through my clothes. So now the routine is for me, before I put clothes on, I have to spray myself with mm. off. Mm-hmm. I put long pants on, a long shirt on, and then I have to spray the clothes. Oh, no. That's and then too- I have to be wearing a hoodie because I have to be able to pull the drawstring so that I can protect my neck. And then I also have to spray off on my hands and tap it on my face. Oh, no. Because these things, these mosquitoes, they are ruthless. They don't care about me or my life or the places that I have to go and the things that I want to do. They will bite me no matter what. That's why you always sit inside when I'm grilling out. Yes. Or I'll stand right next to the grill where all the smoke is. Where all the smoke is <laughs> keeping the mosquitoes away. My friend is out here dressing like contagion. <laughs> Help her, somebody. It's just awful. Like... I'm itchy. Also, I'm scratching my arm right now because I have a mosquito bite. And oh. I have a mosquito bite. I have a mosquito bite on my knee that I got this morning from walking my dog. You always have a tough time with mosquitoes. But it's not just me. Joanna Simpkin, you know, we had her on episode 11. Yes, I look like Bay. Yes. And, you know, she's all things beauty. And she posted on her Instagram about these ankle biter mosquitoes that are in Southern California because she just moved to Southern California. Mm-hmm. And she is not happy. And then she also posted a video of her legs and she has at least six mosquito bites on each leg. So you two share the same condition. Yes. It's also not even just the bites, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're itchy and they're uncomfortable and mine swell up very, very big. But it's also like these mosquitoes, they transmit diseases. Yep. 
And there was a New York Times article that just came out uh, like a month or two ago that was talking about how mosquitoes are like the apex predator that like none of us, everybody sleep. No one knows. Everybody's out here thinking. Thinking oh, you're at the top of the food chain. Right. And we're not. <laughs> These mosquitoes going to kill us all. Stay woke. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This episode, we're going to put the mosquito under the microscope. Let's get into it. All right. So we're at the recitation. So what we know is, is that mosquitoes are everywhere. Yes. And some people get bit more than others, but we don't know why. But we also know that mosquitoes can transmit diseases. So what do we want to know? I guess there are a couple of basic questions to start out with. Mm -hmm. Are all mosquitoes created equal? Do they all have to feed on blood? Right. And do they need the blood to live? Or are they just out here snacking on us? Is it a power up? Like, (laughs) (laughs) this is not my basic diet. I'm having a steak today. (laughs) Right. This is the protein powder I needed to increase my muscle mass. (laughs) And I guess, do all mosquitoes transmit disease? Right. Is it specific species? Like different types of mosquitoes? Are there different types of mosquitoes? They all look the same to me. Are there any friendly mosquitoes that just land and say, hello, and and fly away and don't bite? That's a good question because I need to figure out where they are because I need to move. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you want to go? Yes. I want to know if the if the mosquitoes here in the D.C. area are mm-hmm. the same as the mosquitoes in California, same as mosquitoes in the Midwest, same mosquitoes in the South. You want to know if there are regional mosquitoes. Yeah, and if they're the same or different. I feel like they should be different because we have different climates. Yeah, can a mosquito travel that far? Can a mosquito last a winter in Minnesota? Do they migrate like birds? Hmm. Now I've got a lot more questions. <laughs> yeah. And we can ask. How far can a mosquito fly? <laughs> <laughs> and then what I want to know is what affects the spread of disease by mosquito? Mm. Is off enough? Is deep enough? Are all mosquito blockers made the same? Do you remember Avon Skin So Soft? Yes. People swore by it, but was it really a mosquito repellent? I don't know. I don't think so. Personally, I don't think Avon had that technology. (laughs) I don't remember ever saying mosquito repellent on it. I think there's a lot of questions that we need answered. Let's jump into the dissection. So to help us figure out all of these questions that we have about mosquitoes, we called on Dr. Lyric Bartholomew. I'm a professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison in the School of Veterinary Medicine, and I'm a medical entomologist. So I study bloodsuckers and the pathogens that they transmit. The first thing that we learned from Dr. Bartholomew is that not all mosquitoes feed on blood. It's kind of cool to know that there are mosquitoes that don't ever blood feed. So you remember in Jurassic Park, there was this mosquito and it bit a a dinosaur Mm -hmm. and then the tree sap rolled on top of it and it encapsulated the, the mosquito. And that's how they were able to preserve the mosquito, then take the blood out of the mosquito. And that's how they made Jurassic Park. Right. The irony there is that mosquito never, ever blood feeds, so there's no way they got dinosaur blood out of that mosquito. It's really beautiful to look at, but but not one that even blood feeds. They didn't have any scientists consulting on that field? It seems like they didn't. That's why they're important for all of these things. Science fiction, you need more scientists. So we know that not every species of mosquito feeds on blood. And of those that do, only the female does the biting. And they need the blood in order to make the mosquito egg. And every time she lays eggs, she could lay, depending on the species, 
you know, 100 plus eggs. So they have this pretty awesome reproductive potential. That's a lot of mosquito power. (laughs) One mosquito can lay 100 eggs. Can you imagine? That's what's happening in my backyard as we speak. I feel like they're everywhere. So now we know these are only female mosquitoes biting us. Mm -hmm. What happened to girl power? But the (laughs) female mosquitoes can be picky about the blood that they feed on. Yeah, it's not always human blood that they want. Have you seen those videos on Instagram where the guy and the girl in the car and basically they're saying the girlfriend never knows what she wants to eat? (laughs) She's a picky eater? Yes. We know that there are certain kinds of mosquitoes that are really strictly bird feeders or frog feeders. Some even feed on mud puppies or little fish. So so they're, they're choosy about what they feed on. But blood isn't enough. The mosquitoes need more to live. They feed on nectar sources and maybe some rotting fruit and saps and things like that in order to fly and walk around. And so, I mean, I feel like maybe I'm being a little selfish, but I have a really big problem with mosquitoes. Why me? Why? Why are they biting me more than they're biting what feels like everybody else? We know that there are certain things that are universal attractants, like carbon dioxide. So just just the fact that you're outdoors breathing can be an attractant to a mosquito. Warm bodies and sweat, those are, those are things that are universal attractants. But we know, too, that there are people who are more attractive than other people. And that probably, I'm guessing, boils down to the microbes on your skin, in part, and the kind of volatiles that they release, and also the kinds of foods that you're eating. We know that that there's a period of time after you eat a banana, for example, that you might be more attractive to certain kinds of mosquitoes. When I was growing up, they used to say that meant you had sweet blood. I believe that because I am generally oh. very nice. People are always saying how nice I am to them. What does that have to do with your blood? You see, this is why mosquitoes don't bite you. <laughs> you see how quickly she started yelling at me? I just wanted to point that out. Uh, no one was yelling. Then Zakia, here she is. Oh. But then you always have those like huge mosquito bites. When I get a bite, it's just like, oh, a little bite here no. or there. Why do you have a different reaction? My mosquito bites get so big, it looks like something is trying to come out of my body. Mm. What was the name of that movie? Yes. Alien. Yes. It was Sigourney Weaver. Yes. When that thing started trying to come out the tummy, that's how big my uh, <laughs> tummy. I sound like a four-year-old. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> when that thing started trying to come out of that, that person's stomach, Mm. That's what my um, mosquito bites look like. They us- It usually looks like I have a lemon under my skin. What is causing that? Your body is responding to mosquito saliva being introduced into your body. So it's really the mosquito spit that your body is responding to. Now, there's one thing I know, and that's that our bodies are smart. And TT, especially I know you think your body is very smart. My body is a genius. Doctor, <laughs> the, the, the T-show cells. My, my T-show cells never let me down. So I guess I'm wondering, can you build up some type of response? So like where your body recognizes a certain type of mosquito spit and you don't get a big swelling lump? Dr. Bartholomew says, yeah, that can definitely happen. And one of the things that we're seeing in D.C. is that there's been an invasion of a couple of different kinds of mosquitoes there and some mosquitoes that are um, really voracious daytime feeders. They're perhaps newer to the area, and that could be one of the reasons that you're having that kind of extreme response because your body hasn't seen that before. So there's hope, TT. It sounds like, you know, maybe maybe you'll get... I just got to keep getting bit. Oh, 
This sounds awful. But next summer, you're going to be ready. Unless a new species of mosquitoes show up. Oh, I'm not. I'm not optimistic. <laughs> not about this. You got to change your attitude. Okay. Change your shoes. Change your change life. Change your shoes. Change your life. Change your shoes. <laughs> change your life. Yes mosquitoes are biting us and they're annoying and everything like that but they do serve a purpose in the circle of life (laughs) (laughs) my friend okay jtt (laughs) yes you're right you know one of the main things to know is that male mosquitoes serve as pollinators and we also know that there are other like animals that feed on mosquitoes so they're a good food source for like fish and ducks and things like that so we learned quite a few things about mosquitoes we learned about their feeding patterns right that it's only female mosquitoes that are biting us and that it could be the microbes on your skin do you need to change soap and that i can't even breathe outside without attracting them things let's take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about how mosquitoes transmit disease So before we get into mosquitoes and mosquito-borne illnesses, let's introduce what we're talking about in our next lab. Lab 14 is all about the art of the con. We're going to dive into the neurobiology behind being conned. Have you been scammed? Are you out here scamming? Do you have a con story that we need to hear? Call us. We want to hear it. I know y'all are going to be saying all the crazy things. (laughs) I'm following them on Instagram. I know some of them are out here conning. Uh, Absolutely. You can reach us at 202-567-7028. Let's get into it. So there's a reason that we call the mosquito the apex predator. Because nearly 700 million people get mosquito-borne illnesses each year. And out of those 700 million, over 1 million result in death. That's a lot of people. Some of the most common mosquito-borne illnesses in the U.S. are malaria, dengue, and West Nile. So we know that mosquitoes can transmit disease. Organisms that transmit disease are called vectors. So we call a vector an insect or a tick that can actively transmit a pathogen. So I do identify as a vector biologist. So you mentioned malaria is one of the diseases transmitted by mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. But there are other diseases too. Yeah. So let's start with arboviruses. So an arbovirus is any virus that's transmitted by an arthropod vector. Somebody decided to call them arboviruses as a kind of conjunction of arthropod-borne viruses. So we just condensed the word to arboviruses, not thinking about the people who work on trees at all. The most prominent examples of an arbovirus are dengue, chikungunya, West Nile, and Zika. We have these arthropod-borne viruses transmitted by really specific um, types of mosquitoes. And when they get into a, a person's body, tend to make us really, really sick. So what are some of the symptoms? You could get something called dengue fever, where you have a really debilitating fever, sometimes like deep pain in your eyes, terrible headache, sometimes a, a rash across the body. Chikungunya is in a, in a different group, but um, can equally make you really, really sick. There's often a rash associated with getting chikungunya and um, terrible arthritis, so pain, pain in the joints um, that often lasts and lingers for months. So mosquitoes can transmit arboviruses, but there are also other mosquito-borne illnesses that aren't linked to viruses, like malaria. So there's an important distinction to be made there, right? Malaria is not the same as dengue or chikungunya or Zika. 
Malaria is caused by another organism. Yeah, a pathogen called Plasmodium falciparum. That sounds like something out of Harry Potter. <laughs> when Guardian <laughs> Leviosa. <laughs> we had malaria and we could still have malaria. We have mosquitoes across the United States that are what we would call competent vectors. So if somebody were infected with malaria parasites, there are Anopheles mosquitoes around in Wisconsin and in D.C. and in L.A. that, that could could get infected with those parasites and and transmit them to other people. But it's not as much of a threat if we don't have people that already have malaria or already have dengue. It sounds just like like the vaccine stuff. Yes. This is very similar to herd immunity, which in this scenario would play out as follows. If you lower the pool of people who already have malaria or dengue or some other parasite transmitted by mosquitoes, then when these mosquitoes that are available in those regions go to feed, they don't pick up the parasite. And I think Dr. Bartholomew also said that some mosquitoes don't have all the things in them necessary to be able to transmit the disease. Right. So even when they have a parasite or virus, they aren't able to pass it on. It's a really important point to make that there are 3,600 different kinds of mosquito, but... In any one of the groups of mosquitoes they're in, maybe 10% of them are actually going to be able to transmit a pathogen. So we just outlined a scenario for illustrative purposes, but it's way more complex than just one mosquito biting you, going to the next person, biting them, and just spreading West Nile virus everywhere they go. Right. It's a process that takes a lot of time and sort of intimate interactions between the virus and all of the spaces it encounters inside the mosquito. And what we found is there are a lot of mosquitoes that put up walls or barriers to pathogens so that they maybe get in with the blood, but they never get any further. And there are just certain types of mosquitoes that are more likely to transmit the disease, like certain species of mosquito transmit more parasites than others. And so we have mosquitoes like Aedes aegypti, for example, and Aedes albopictus. They really are what we call anthropophilic. So they really like to feed on people. And then they're also, it turns out, um, physiologically really compatible with pathogens and so can transmit a lot of different kinds of viruses. So when we take all of this together, there's a really important point to take away. Mm -hmm. And that's that we're talking about all of the variables that have to be just right in order for you to have the spread or transmission of a mosquito-borne illness. So you need first a competent vector, which is a mosquito of a certain species. It then has to take up the the parasite or virus. Mm -hmm. And then even once it takes up the parasite or virus, the life cycle of the parasite or virus, right, to replicate and be a high enough load. And then there's the transmission of biting someone and it actually transmitting enough parasite or virus to cause that person to be sick. Right. So if you're thinking of this like a Venn diagram, there's a lot of bubbles that got to overlap in order for this thing to hit. But where could you go if you didn't want to be bitten at all? What Dr. Bartholomew <laughs> says is that I would have to go to the Arctic. <laughs> Farewell, mate. (laughs) I think the only parts of the world where there aren't mosquitoes are the extreme poles. So we're all kind of um, faced with issues of mosquitoes and mosquito-borne disease wherever we are on the planet. But there is a difference in the types of mosquitoes that are around depending on where you are. 
like even within the U.S. Some mosquitoes are really tropical or subtropical species that cannot stand like a Wisconsin winter, for example. And then there are mosquitoes that can persist even through the polar vortex that we experienced this last winter in Wisconsin. In the southern states, it's Zika and chikungunya that are more prevalent. In places like Florida, for example, um, there's a there's a real threat because of the mosquitoes that are there that people can be infected by things like dengue and Zika. And West Nile is mostly in high plain states. So in the Midwest. In places where this one type of mosquito thrives, this mosquito called Culex tarsalis, which is a mosquito that lives in um, really well in irrigation ditches. So you can imagine then that any place that's kind of arid and needs a lot of water for crops is, uh, is going to be a place where that mosquito will thrive. And it's a particularly good vector or transmitter of West Nile virus. I think we've hit a lot of really good points here. Right. We've learned so much about just mosquitoes in general. I did not know that about the female mosquito. Me either. And we learned about like how... Mosquito species determines a lot of different things. Disease transmission. What kind of blood you're even going to feed on. Right. But now I think what's important for us to find out is how do we get these mosquitoes to not bite us? Yeah. How do we keep these transmission rates down? Dr. Bartholomew says that the focus right now is on what they call vector control. One approach is to use chemicals to kill the insect and their larvae. Just yesterday, I was out in the field in Milwaukee with a team of people that, that work in our in our center here at UW, and we were trying to control the mosquitoes that transmit West Nile virus. So we were throwing um, larvicides, so things that kill the mosquito larvae, down into the into the storm drains. Yeah, we had to delay our, our interview a day mm-hmm. because she was out there beating the feet, beating the streets with her feet. <laughs> what is it called? Feet to pa- foot to pavement. It doesn't matter. She was out. She was working. She was on the ground doing some vector control. And another approach, which feels a little counterintuitive, is to actually protect the mosquito. In this case, you're protecting the mosquito from arboviruses. There's some really exciting technology where we can release mosquitoes that are infected with a bacterium called Wolbachia. And when those mosquitoes have that bacteria in their bodies, they're more resistant to virus infection. The third type of vector control is using CRISPR, which we've mentioned in another episode, and it's a gene editing technology. We're talking, too, about how that could apply to controlling mosquitoes or controlling mosquito-borne pathogens so that the virus can't bind with the gut and, and get through. So really, the solution is not an or, it's an and. Yes. We need all of these things going at the same time in order for it to really work. We really strongly advocate for a kind of what we call integrated approach where you would think about using multiple types of controls so that you're not pushing for ever developing resistance in the in the mosquito or the pathogen that it transmits. So that's what scientists are doing to help with controlling mosquito-borne illnesses. But what can we do? It's really all about bug spray. And if you're me, a lot of extra layers of clothes. We don't have, you know, vaccine preventatives. And so the real way to intervene is to keep yourself from getting fed on by the mosquitoes that can transmit the virus. DEET is is tried and true and proven as a repellent for many, many different species. And, and in the testing, they usually test against, you know, sort of a suite of three or four different kinds of mosquitoes. I always thought that DEET and bug spray and stuff like that, it was that when the bug lands on you, it's just like, oh, this is nasty. 
But she said it just can't recognize you as a food source. Like it confuses them, those chemicals. Yeah. Well, it's it's a little bit. That's the that's the confusion, right? Oh, OK. It's confusing it. So it doesn't say this is an attractive source that I should maybe try to bite. And I know there are a lot of people who don't like it. You can find a lot of things on the Internet about DEET having um, adverse sort of side effects. I think uh, the important thing is to use the EPA decision making tree to, to figure out which type of product works best for you. Did I send you this text message about the article that showed that, you know, people say DEET is really harmful, so you shouldn't mm-hmm. use it in high amounts. But me and my house, we will stick to DEET because <laughs> mosquitoes have what's similar to taste receptors on their feet. So when they land, they taste the DEET and, and they're it's like, like Ugh. it's bitter. And they leave and they don't come back. And they don't. So they not only do they, they land and leave, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas other mosquito repellents don't have that strong response. The mm-hmm. mosquitoes don't have that that strong negative response. So they will still land, but it just, they're not as tempted to, to bite. bite. I don't want you to land or bite. Okay? <laughs> I don't want you to touch me and I don't want you to bite me. I want, when you land on me, I want it to be like landing on cement. You say, <laughs> nothing here, nothing to see here, move along. <laughs> and one of my favorite home remedies all you entomologists out there, listen up. Zakia's got the cure. No, I'm not saying the cure. I'm saying as an everyday person and you're, you know, you have a backyard or you have a front yard, depending on where you live. If there's any standing water to get rid of it. Do you have kids toys and it's a dump truck and it's got a little thing in the back and there's just standing water? Get rid of any standing water that you can. Yeah. Turn those things, turn those chairs upside down. And what I'm what I just found out because of the stuff that Dr. Bartholomew was saying is that it's probably my compost bin that I have in the backyard that is attracting all of those mosquitoes mm-hmm. because they're getting nectar from the rotting fruits fruit. and veggies that I put in there. You put a lot of fruit in there. I do. And so maybe I need to get a different type of compost bin, one that's closed yes. that I can use like a crank on the side to just rotate it. And- yeah. Seal it off. And I feel like I just got a mosquito bite. You probably did. There's probably mosquitoes in the house. <laughs> they going to Daisy's breath. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy, close your mouth. Well, now I know what I need to do. One thing that I know is, is that I'm probably always going to be bit by mosquitoes. But my reaction to them will probably be different every year. It's really interesting that the swelling that we see and say, oh, this is a mosquito bite. That's caused by the spit, not the action of them biting you. So it's like the itching and the swelling and the warm feeling. That's all a reaction. Do I need to take more Benadryl? You got a strong immune system. You said it. Your immune system is on overload. But now I'm going to check your bug spray and make sure that it has DEET. Yeah, I definitely don't have DEET bug spray. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) (laughs) I think the really interesting thing for me was to learn all the stuff that scientists are doing and and public health officials are doing to keep the transmission rates low. I did not know people were out here pouring that stuff down into the storm drain. It's wild. And scientists are really doing a lot of important work out there. Work that I didn't even know was happening. I'm glad it's happening. And it mm-hmm. makes sense. If we know that the mosquitoes are laying eggs in standing water. All right. Apex predator got to get them out of here. Mm-hmm. And I think what was most interesting for me was learning like how many different types of mosquitoes are out there. I had no idea that there were so many different types. If you would have asked me, I said there's probably two. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
the uh, ones that have bitten me and the ones that have not bitten me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so interesting to know that there are some mosquitoes out there that really mean me no harm. Yeah. So there's hope. They won't bite you at all. <laughs> you can come outside, bubble girl. <laughs> That's what Jimmy calls me. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our website for a cheat sheet on today's episode. You can find it and sign up for our newsletter at dopelabspodcast.com. And keep calling us. We love hearing from you. What did you think about today's episode? Share your story with us. Our number is 202-567-7028. That's 202-567-7028. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Dope Labs Podcast. TT is on Twitter at DR underscore T-S-H-O. And you can find Zakia at Z said so. And if you do love the show, don't forget to follow us on Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Special thanks today to our guest, Dr. Lyric Bartholomew. You can learn more about her in the show notes. Our producer is Jenny Radelip Mass, mixing and sound design by Hannes Brown. Special thanks this week to Zoe Sullivan. Original theme music by Taka Yasuzawa and Alex Sugiura. Additional music by Elijah LX Harvey. Dope Labs is a production of Spotify Studios and Mega Own Media Group, and it's executive produced by us, TT Shodia and Zakia Watley. An arthropod is an animal that's a part of a larger group called Arthropoda, and that includes insects, spiders, and crustaceans. And this is where I have my problem. Why are insects and spiders and crustaceans grouped together? Is uh, a lobster a sea roach? I think that <laughs> that we can't say that a lobster is a sea roach. We can't. You're right. Um, <laughs> I think a shrimp is a sea roach. <laughs> <laughs> That has to be the Easter egg. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.